Welcome, everyone, to podcast number two, the Play It By Ear podcast. I uh, hope you all enjoyed our first installment. And uh, we we will, as Brady said at the end of the previous uh, episode, we'll get better at this as we go along and we find our, our little niches here. And I, I think, uh, according to some of the topics we talked about tonight, I think people have fallen into some niches, particularly Todd uh, and his culinary niche on his <laughs> topics, but we'll get to that in a moment. Uh, as always, we want to invite you, uh, going here at the beginning, to visit our Facebook page, uh, search it out, Play It By Ear Podcast on Facebook. Also, our Twitter feed, which is Play It By Ear Pod and the number two afterwards. And a website, which hosts our, uh, our uh, podcast, which is anchor.fm backslash Play It By Ear Podcast. So we invite you. Uh, to like all three. And uh, again, we hope you enjoyed episode number one. So, hello, Todd. Hello, Fiscus. Hello, Brady. Bonjour. Again, as this thing works, we all bring a topic to the table on each of our episodes. And uh, today is no exception. And I believe maybe this is just our designated order here that we'll start with Todd. I, I guess I just always start to my left. So, Todd's been to my left. And I, I never thought I would say you're to the left of anything, but you're, you're to my left. So uh, feel free. What is your topic of the day? Okay. My topic of the day is very similar to my topic on episode one. Episode one, if you remember, was kind of the you know multitude of flavored candy, candy bars that we have these days when we visit the grocery store or the uh, carryouts. And, but tonight it's flavored potato chips and other bagged snacks. You know, I don't want to. I don't want to rule out other salty snacks, bagged snacks. Yeah, yeah. And you know, necessarily salty. I mean, it doesn't have to be salty. How broad do we want to make this here? Yeah. You know, what brought this one was, you know, trip to the gas station as usual. And, you you know, first off, there's no chip aisle now. I went into the gas station. (laughs) What do you think I saw? Yeah. I mean, there's, (laughs) there's, well, there's a chip aisle. I, I digress. There's a chip aisle. And then also, there's chips everywhere else. There's, you know, there's displays of chips just about everywhere you can you can turn in a gas station, and it seems like the flavor of potato chip has just gotten a little out of hand. So I thought maybe we could spend some time tonight talking about some of the flavors we've seen, some of the flavors maybe we've sampled, uh, good things, bad things about them, and then maybe even talk about some ideas for flavors. And I think this would definitely be uh, fun to hear from. Any listeners out there, if you have ideas for flavored potato chips or combos or any other bag combos snack. Combos is another salty snack. Yes, in a bag. <laughs> Hence, Hence, a bag snack. And, you know, I'll start from last night. I had a, last night I had a bag of chips, and they were fried green tomato flavored potato chips. And I enjoy a good fried green tomato. And of course. I, and then my question was, are you a 75-year-old woman? But go ahead. <laughs> well, on my way to being, I guess, older. So, uh, but I've always liked fried green tomatoes. My mom makes excellent fried uh-huh. tomatoes. Uh, I would say that I was excited, and the chips weren't bad, but they did not really taste like fried green tomatoes. They tasted more pickleish. Oh, that's evil. Know? Yeah, which I've had dill pickle flavored potato chips before, and, and they were pretty good. Uh, uh. Which leads me, I guess, to one of my observations and that is that a lot of these flavored chips end up running together there's only i guess so many flavor combinations you can use with salts and vinegars and things like that and they all kind of taste alike 
I got to ask you a question about fried green tomatoes, though. Um, you know, I'm not a fan of, like, fresh tomato. Love it in sauces. But anyway, is a fried green tomato, does the taste depend on it being green? I mean, can you fry a red that tomato? That's my question. I mean, or is this a certain species of tomato that stays green forever, and you just happen to fry that one? Or, or is it, like, an unripened tomato that's fried up? I'm ignorant of such I, things. I don't know. I think that we need to ask the Google machine that because I'm, I'm not really equipped to answer that. I just know that I like the food of a fried green tomato, and I thought I would like the chip, but i got to give it a thumbs down. So <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I don't know if uh, – Yes, why, why did the southern cuisine choose to go the direction of the green tomato and not the fully ripened tomato? In the south, the weather's good all the time. They should have a plethora of red tomatoes year-round. Well, at some at some point in time, they also became you know, common bar fare, bar food. You go to a bar and, and and they have a thick coating of batter on them, and that's not a fried green tomato. Anyone who likes fried green tomatoes knows that it's more of a light flour based breading, you know, not a thick. You know, I don't want the same uh, breading on my onion rings as my. Right. Well, my friends, tomatoes. Tomatoes. But, but let's be honest here. As anyone who's gone to any county fair knows, you can slap some batter on anything and make it very edible. You hear? Like yes. the deep fried Oreo. Exactly. Well, or the deep fried nutter butter. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, those those are those are new. I think newer. Yeah. The Oreos have been around for a while. But nutter butters have gotten, I think, a resurgence lately. I we have it's a part, strong cookie. It is. It is, and we have a. Uh, we allow our students in the afternoon to have a snack that they that they brought from home, and uh, I can't tell you how many bags of Nutter Butters I see on the desk, and, and probably hadn't until this year seen a bag of Nutter Butters in 10 years. I just, it, it is fun to say. Yeah, it is. And they are a tasty cookie. Nutter Butter, Nutter Butter. You can't go wrong with a sandwich cookie with peanut butter betwixt the... Indeed. You know. Indeed. Yeah. All right, so the, back to the bagged snacks. So what... What brand is the most egregious in over-flavoring its fare? And I'll give, I'll give my answer. I think Doritos has been extremely egregious in going off into odd directions with their flavorings. A Dorito is pretty limited because, you know, like um, to be a Dorito, it has to we, – we have to assume that it's going to be that Tex-Mex or, you know, Spanish – oriented flavoring. Nacho cheese. Yeah. Well, I mean, back in our day, in our formative years, I mean, that was it. I mean, you had the Doritos and the the brown and orange and yellow bag. Yeah. And it was nacho cheese, and that, you, you either got nacho cheese or you didn't eat Doritos. And, and that's I'm, just what it was. Then the Cool sure Ranch that, was the second. I that's all you beat me to. It's like, yeah, the Cool Ranch was the second one because, oh, my gosh, Doritos are in a blue bag. But, you know, once again, I never partook of those. I... I have to say this because whenever we mention food, we're going to have to talk about this. Um, if you get to be a regular listener, this topic's probably going to come up a lot, that I have a strong aversion to any kind of white condiment, be it... I thought it was condiments, period. Well, I don't like condiments, period, but anything white, like sour cream or ranch or cottage cheese... Um, cottage is, cheese is not a condiment. But it's white. Yes. Therefore, I don't like it. And there's only one thing that sneaks by, and Clam that is chowder. Ugh. <laughs> white and evil once again. Um, but what, like, uh, what sneaks by? Oh, I just had a blank. The uh, sauce. Oh, geez. Uh, queso. 
Well, I do like some white queso, but uh, the oh holy cow! You know that you put the pasta in. Well, uh, yeah. Uh, Listen to us. Alfredo. Alfredo. There you go. Alfredo. That was it. And that's okay. But um, which leads me, if I may, like the weird chip that you had was the fried green tomato. Anything cream-based like Cool Ranch, I'm not going to like. So that becomes exotic and weird to me. I saw wasabi-flavored potato chips one time. And it, yeah, it was like, I think it had a little bit of teriyaki and wasabi. And Speaking I, of a word that... Wasabi. 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 Well, there, there's been a bag of wasabi peanuts at my house now for Ooh. months. And that my wife, about three times a week, says, try you one of those wasabi peanuts. And I've yet to try them. I don't much think I'm going to try them. I don't like the taste of wasabi. And clearly she doesn't either. They would, you know, because the bag has been there for months. So. So, so so is she like the commercial with the raccoons? I just this case like... Uh, burnt hair and whatever but hey try well it, try i think it. i think we've all been like i think we're all like that like this is god oh, this is terrible you try this you gotta never taste anything so disgusting like those jelly beans that are like snot flavored and yes. uh vomit flavored and they just where it's based on a dare yeah um yeah wasabi chips kind of falls under that category with me like that's just something that's kind of unpleasant to begin with but when you put it on a potato chip it kind of that reminds me, this past Halloween, last Halloween, I should say, they had a, a alien uh, Skittles, I think that's what they were called. And inside the bags, the little you know snack packs are the fun-sized or whatever. Not fun. Fun-sized <laughs> well, is not fun. Well, they had... I want Fun-sized well, to me is as big as this table, right? That's true. They had a rotten... They had, you know, assortments of rotten... Skittles in there. So the fun thing to do was to, you know, pass a few out and see, take turns taking a Skittle yeah. and see who and, got the And that's all that's good Skittle. for. That's yeah. all that's good for. It was good fun. Shock value. Yeah. Yeah. But it tastes, I don't even know how to explain how it tasted. I mean, it, it was, it was pretty bad, pretty putrid. Uh, I would love to do a commercial for that product. It's like, pass around the bag. One of you will enjoy candy goodness. The other one will be retching, vomiting in the corner. Fill your friends vomiting. <laughs> Well, I have to disagree on the – I think Doritos were maybe the first to branch out with some flavors, but a lot of their flavors are very similar. And, like, I just pulled up here on, on my phone, you know, some of the different Doritos flavors. It seems like they're good at taking whatever they use and then putting, like, Blaze or Jacked. Okay. And it's, okay. it's just more cheese and more more of the same. That, that, that's a whole different thing. If, if I cannot look at the bag and, and – <laughs> It, it tells me what's in there. Mm-hmm. Jacked. That means nothing to me. <laughs> so well, it goes back to the extreme. We talked about that with the Snickers. Extreme. Uh, extreme. You know, it's, 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 <laughs> I still think what you, that's mm. well, a, a Snickers, but it's an extreme sticker. Oh my God. Yes. I'm scared. <laughs> Damn, that's some extreme chocolate. I mean, what's extreme chocolate? What's extreme cheese on a, there's only so much cheese that will fit on a chip the size of a Dorito. But I think the Lay's potato chips have done more branching out that are just oddball weird. weird. You know, Doritos probably has the most flavors, but they're all very similar. You got chili flavor or whatever. It's still a combination of spices and cheese. Wasn't there a maple syrup infused Lay? Well, I pulled up some here, and I remember seeing some of these in the stores. Here's one here that was uh, cheese and onion. Chicken and waffles. I think that's the one you were talking about, the... Lay's chicken and waffles. I don't yeah. like that because I don't like real chicken and waffles together. 
I don't want my sweet waffle. I don't want my sweet waffle bumping into my chicken. <laughs> there's, there's thinking Isaac. I don't want my sweet waffle down by the fire. I, do you guys like your sweet food touching your non-sweet? No, I don't, I don't want my food touching no anything. I don't like syrup on my sausage. No, oh, no, absolutely not. No, that could be unpleasant. Um. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. PG thirteen. Yeah. Okay. I, have a 14, I have a fourteen year old, and uh, yeah, he probably would have cracked up. At that. I mean, honestly, I think we're all fourteen years old in our brain. Absolutely. <laughs> Most I, of the time, I, I don't like. You don't like problem. a McGriddle. A what? You don't like a McGriddle. No, right? I hate uh, a McGriddle. Oh yeah. wow, I love those. That's see, I don't mind those for whatever reason. I don't mind it, but I'm usually like, no, I don't want this. Sweet and salty thing going yeah. on, but yeah. no, I don't mind sweet and salty like some some uh, trail mix or something that has like I get I get pretty mad if my handful of trail mix doesn't have uh, an M M&M and M in it, something like or that. A pseudo M M&M. and Yes, yeah, a sixlet. <laughs> They're not round, so they can't be sixlets. <laughs> but I, I don't like uh, uh, what do they call the uh, this trend of burgers with donuts for the buns. Oh yeah, that looks horrible. Yeah. Um, I. Won't mention the restaurant, but where they had the grilled cheese donut, and that just sounded well, absolutely now, foul to me. Hang on, man. I have to, I have to go back. I know the place you're talking about, and it's a dessert though. So like, it's it's a donut that's fried, mm-hmm. and it you know they have like the one we had, I think had gouda cheese in it, and it was delicious. But the same place that you're talking had a like peanut butter and banana. And, some sort like of cheese, and it was it was delicious. So I, I guess there are exceptions to my rule. Okay, so I'm, I'm going to go off a different direction. You, you brought you went through the dessert aisle here mm-hmm. and brought a cheese. I, I spend a lot of time in the dessert aisle. Well, yeah. Unfortunately, I do too. But cheese on apple pie? No. Okay, there is a reason that the old Chevy commercial said. Baseball, apple pie, and Chevrolet. It did not say. You forgot the hot dogs. Uh, hot dogs, yeah. Well, in Soviet Union, their song about their Soviet cars would say apple pie with cheese. I'm pretty sure that's un American <laughs> because, like, uh, there is no cheese on apple pie in America. But, we'll hardly agree. I will say this apple pie, warmed up, warm apple pie with a dab of butter on the top of it. The melt into the crust mm-hmm. is very tasty. Or take it a step further and throw you a slab of vanilla ice cream on top of it. Let's just move so, that bad boy closer to heart disease. Well, yes, but oh, yeah. so I guess I can see dairy how cheese. Product. I mean, it's a dairy product on there, so I can see the the attraction to it. I, I think it would have to be a certain kind of cheese. I think a gouda, um, and I know our friend Darren is a is a gouda fan. So if you're I'm a gouda it, fan. I like a lot of gouda. A lot of gouda. But I don't usually see American cheese on the yeah. pie. I'm thinking, and it couldn't be very sharp, whatever was on there. Would be yeah, like a Colby, and that'd be awful. Or, yeah, or a sharp cheddar. Yeah. But or I do. Yeah, Asiago. <laughs> or a Moonster. Moonster. Havarti. Oh, I like Havarti cheese. All right. I do too. Uh, so anyway, the some of the Lay's flavors that I've seen, you know, again, I don't know. I think they also are, are expand because they go into the wavy Lay's and the the regular Lay's, but um, I, I see online and I never know whether it's a joke or not. And I know that Lay's has had a couple competitions or whatever you want to call it to get the public to 
chime in, and that might be where the chicken and waffles came from. Maybe that was a an award winner or something. That, right. Uh, but I see one here called just school lunches flavor. So I mean, I'm sure that's fake. But what would school lunches potato chips taste like? Blandness and hairnets. <laughs> that's what I think it would taste like. In an essence of cardboard. Okay, so from a marketing standpoint, and obviously I'm not a marketing major or anything like that, but are you segmenting the same market by putting all these same different flavors out, or are you creating new customer bases? I think you're awakening the giant because people get into their patterns with their sameness of snacks. You get your favorite. The man, when you walk in that aisle and there's something that's a different color yeah. and it's in a different packaging, it catches your eye. Is remember, we're perpetually children. So it's like walking by that candy or toy aisle. So you see that new edible toy on the, um, on the shelf. So it just kind of reawakens, makes you reimagine and buy something else in addition to your favorite. Okay. So I like my chili cheese Rios. Oh, but wait, here is, you know, banana and hoss and pepper flavored <laughs> Fritos just for the fun of it, you know. I what think hoss and pepper? Rabbit. Rabbit. I was going to say that would be a good, a good name. Lupine. <laughs> I was thinking that'd be a good name for a rabbit, so that makes sense. Hoss and fluffer, you said? Yes. Hop and flopper? <laughs> the first one I remember seeing in the stores that kind of caught my eye, what, they were ketchup flavored. Oh. And the reason that caught my eyes because I, when I was younger, would dip my my chips in ketchup quite a bit, which people frowned on them thinking, okay, so is it that far off from dipping a fry into a ketchup? A ketchup, a ketchup, a ketchup blob into a ketchup. <laughs> is that like a small? <laughs> but speaking of the school lunch thing, I think to me that that chip would taste like rectangular pizza that fits perfectly into the tray. And it reminds me of a couple, if I can go off, I think I'm one who likes to go off on, you know, out in left field and kind of get off topic a little Damn bit. rabbit holes. But, hop and flopper holes. Loose holes. But I remember a particular student and, and anyone listening that was around my age and, and graduate, went to Serene Elementary would, would know exactly who I'm talking about. But this student, every pizza day, didn't eat pizza. So we all wanted, we, everybody asked him, hey, can we have your pizza? Can we have your pizza? And he would make us all wait until the end of lunch. And his excuse always was, hey, guys, wait, it's having babies. It's having babies. You can't have my pizza. It's having babies. So we would wait for his pizza to have babies. And then he would just give it to someone the last two minutes of lunch, and you would have to scarf it down. And I remember that distinctly, like, thinking, first off, <laughs> that's just, that's odd. I mean, in second, I'm off, disturbed. Yes, beyond yes. odd. Yeah. So every time I see, because at the school I work at, we have the rectangle pizza that fits perfectly into the rectangle, the rectangular shape into the tray. Something stand the test of time. Yeah, yeah. Ours are round. At um, my place of employment at the schools. How does it go on the tray if it's round? It doesn't. Well, that's no good. No, the order of the universe is off at lunchtime. It's not the Kirk's fault, but they just get the round ones. I remember in lunch also two times getting in trouble. Only only got in trouble two times after I was in school. <laughs> of course. And uh, one, we used to take the straws, you know, that came with our milk, which is still just a weird thing to drink chocolate milk with all your food. I don't I don't like milk with food, so I don't know how I even survived elementary school. But 
Anyway, we would take the straw and you got a banana on, on banana day, and there was a half a banana, and which left the an open end of the banana exposed so you could get to the banana meat. You know, <laughs> the, uh, so so we would take our straws and they were the real scrawny straws and we would you shove it down into the banana and you let the straw fill with banana meat. Like you, a banana pull, you pull the straw out and then you pinch the edge of the straw and pince pince it out <laughs> and you and you run your fingers across the the length of the straw filled with banana meat and make a banana meat snake <laughs> on your tray and we would just fill our trays full of these curly uh, banana snakes <laughs> and then and then dare each other to eat these uh, these banana snakes. It's so. like a banana had evacuated its bowels all over the. Uh, <laughs> Over the the tray, I'm just this mental image is like freaking me out just a little bit. So, you got in trouble for that. Yes, I got in trouble for that once. So what what when the teacher approached you and said, "Hey, so why were you in trouble? And you you, you said, weren't you were you were not going to eat that man anyway. You I, were going to throw it in the trash. What makes the difference? I think that, in what form it was when it went in the trash. I, I think that's I think that's a something that when we were younger you just got in trouble for was horseplay. And, uh, you know, I heard from my own getting in trouble at the house, you know, horse playing there weren't, if you, if you got hurt, you could, you know, fall and split your head wide open. If you weren't horse playing, that wouldn't have happened. But you weren't up running around. No, I wasn't. If he was, it would sound like this. <laughs> but I think I agree with you. I, I you know, now as, a, as an educator, I, I'm sure that just since I'm old fashioned, if, if I saw some students making banana meat snakes, I think I would tell them to stop. I mean, because you're supposed to be using that time to eat. And, but I, I get it too, though. It's like well, I have to question no my Tom, mind. No tomfoolery at once. Yes. <laughs> but another time, and this is a little, this is a little more gross. Um, oh no! It was chilled or stewed. I can't remember which one. I don't know the difference. Stewed tomato. Stewed tomato day. Sardinia was famous. Oh my gosh! Max. And my wife eats those things, and they're just absolutely. They're still repulsive in every every way. And I remember them. Because the same day we had stewed tomatoes, we had baked beans. And I didn't like the school's baked beans at the time. And uh, so what I was doing was taking my chocolate milk and my baked beans and my stewed tomato, mixing them, uh, you know, uh, just, uh, just in a, uh, a, miasma a, stew, a stew. Yes. And I was just stirring it and mixing it and just, you know, and, and, you, and you start, okay, I need more chocolate milk. So you dump a little more chocolate milk and you're like, ah, the consistency needs a little more stewed tomato. Oh, so you so, weren't, you were not in the milk cart. You were on the tray. Oh, it was on the tray. Yeah. It was on the, the bigger part of the tray. We were just, I was just making a, a soup, a, just a, a, and, uh, I was stirring it and I don't know why I thought I would get by with it, but sure enough, the teacher comes around and sees me doing it and says, uh, you know, uh, well, Mr. Griffin, uh, looks like you're having a lot of fun there. Uh, I think you could probably go ahead and take a couple bites of that for me. And uh, so I had to eat some of the nastiness that I was creating on my tray. And I, I got through about two or three bites and started to kind of dry heat a little bit. And uh, it was one of those lesson learned things, you know, and they just walked away and, and that was it. I don't know who the teacher was. I can't remember that, but I do remember it. to this day, I can't eat stewed tomatoes. So about how old were you when you were making these concoctions on your... I would guess fifth to sixth grade around there somewhere. Yeah. That sounds about right, judging from my personal experiences at lunch duty. Uh, that's the kind of stuff that happens. You know what I always thought of when I saw the stewed tomatoes, um, me being a Star Wars fan, and going back, and this actually came to my mind big time over Christmas break when I was re watching Empire Strikes Back. I always thought stewed tomatoes reminded me 
of Darth Vader's head when he takes his helmet off and that, and you just see the back of his head and Empire Strikes Back. <laughs> I get that, yeah. I am your father. I'm, I'm pretty. I'm pretty not. I mean, I like my tomatoes in certain forms and in certain foods, but I'm not a huge. Oddly enough, as much as I like fried green tomatoes, I'm not a big just tomato person. But I don't know. It just and there's chilled tomatoes too. I can only imagine that the difference is a chilled tomato is obviously they're from California. <laughs> so I guess you know the whole potato chip idea. Uh, I guess all I'm trying to say is that it's a bit overdone. I think you asked who the audience or who the customer was for it. I think it's inebriated people at two o'clock in the morning walking. I mean, I think it is. I you know it's so someone, these things are tried on a dare. It, it is. You know, Someone who's out of their senses. I think so. So we're saying maybe the same mark. <laughs> yes. And I thought we could end it. I don't know how we are time-wise in this, but I thought we could end it with maybe an idea of our own, like maybe to come up with an idea, each of us come up with an idea that we think would be a good combination of flavors mm. for a chip and then also one that we think is kind of a not serious, but just maybe the most, uh, you know, the grossest combination we could come up with. Now, our listeners at home, we did not know this topic coming in, so all the answers you are about ready to hear are spontaneous thoughts. BBs pinging around our gourds, which is scary. All right, so if I could come up with a potato chip combination, I'm going to have to go with maybe, and maybe these exist, but one I would like, how about like a Skyline, like a Cincinnati chili-flavored potato chip? Does that exist? It should. Yeah, it that, should. That, that would be a probably a good seller around here, I would yeah. say. So probably a Grippos or a Husman's, a local company. Yeah. Well, like get on that Grippos. I like Grippos and Husman's barbecue yeah. chips. But now I'm asking: Is did you say like a three-way or four, or is it like a Coney? Uh, would well, it be? My immediate thought is just the chili and cheese because you're not going to get sour cream or mustard or pickles or relish or anything on anything I'm going to eat. So it's going to have to be. Um, Chili and cheese. So you want no Cincinnati chili and cheese. You want no hot dog flavor. No, no, that just sounds gross. <laughs> hot dog flavored potato chip. What about hot dog water flavored? <laughs> yes, Fred Durst. <laughs> a little biscuit reference there. I, I think that if that's not a thing, that we should probably talk to the right people and make it a thing. I think. I think so. Maybe we can get some royalties from that. There you go. Fiscus, do you have a a I guess a good idea for a you know, tasty chip combination. Well, I guess good is relative, isn't well, yeah, it? Yeah, I'm it's trying to think of the best. Yeah, my uh, one that would be pleasant. <laughs> pleasant. <laughs> <laughs> Again, somewhat relative, but um, I don't know. I mean, I do. in topics like this, I I can't I can't get outside of the box. It's like I'm pretty you know conservative in my like of my uh, bagged snacks. <laughs> you know, this again, looking at this bag that says Jack on it, it means nothing to me. So, um, mm, I don't know. I, I, I might have to beg a pass on that. I really? really don't know. Other than I'm just thinking through my mind of things I've seen already, and I don't know that I could come up with anything original. I was thinking something sweet, too. We're not thinking about, because some of these new chips I've seen are all about sweet flavor. I was thinking like a peanut butter and jelly chip might be okay. Well, or a combo, a peanut butter and jelly combo. Well, there are uh, like sandwich crackers that are peanut butter and jelly, PB and yeah. jelly. That reminds me, growing up, 
I begged every time I went to the grocery store with my parents to buy me the Goobers. Is it Goobers or Goober? It, uh, brand with the peanut. It, the stripe. Yeah. It looked like Indiana University's uh, warm up pants, but with peanut butter and jelly. <laughs> yes. That stripe, yeah. I, I, I felt it was only for the wealthy and we couldn't afford it. I don't know what, I don't know what the problem was, but mom would never buy it. Two novels. Yeah. <laughs> you bought your, at the apothecary with your pants. <laughs> pink business. Business. I just don't know because, I mean, the way I looked at it, and I think maybe even then I, I was thinking, you know, business like. I was thinking, well, if you can get the jelly and the peanut butter in the same jar, not only that, it's striped. And, you know, why not get it rather than to buy two separate jars, take up more room and, and, have I think to get it's, out, you know, to control thing because they were probably like, you know what? I could put my own jelly on my own peanut butter. <laughs> Thank you very much. I do not need corporate America telling yes. me taking that. Well, of me. course, that was back in the days where Americans were rough and rugged and individualist. Now, maybe that goes a little bit better today when Americans. You can see control. Yes. Yeah, exactly. While we're on that subject, uh, crunchy or smooth peanut butter? Smooth. Yes. Yeah, I, I don't I, I don't know what kind of people eat crunchy peanut butter, but it's all I like peanuts. I like peanut butter, but I don't want them together. Yeah, some of them are jagged. Some of the yeah, nuts and the crunchy peanut butter. I don't I don't want to bite into a sandwich and, and feel the crunch like of the peanut. Yeah, it feels it's kind of like a lumpy mashed potato. It feels like it's something that shouldn't be there. It's an accident or an oversight. It's like an admitting to bad work. I did not do this peanut butter well enough, so I left lumps in it. Now it was left unfinished. Yes. Now I don't mind if it's a smashed potato. You go to some restaurants and they have smashed potatoes right. and, and they have chunks in them and half the oh, yeah, sleeve, oh, sleeve. <laughs> <laughs> the potato skin in there. And uh, I don't mind that. <laughs> um, but yeah. I don't like it when they're supposed to be mashed, creamy and smooth and, and you bite into a, a, a spud dud. Well, just throw hey. The name, it's almost like a disclaimer in the name because you're expecting, these aren't mashed potatoes. These are smashed potatoes. So they didn't work as hard on mashing it up. It's in the name. You can't complain about the lumps if it's yes. smashed and not mashed. We, we've had, uh, this got me thinking back to the school lunch thing. Where I, the school I work at, we have great lunch. I mean, I always tell the kids how lucky they are to have the, they have multiple options and, uh, you know, I can Options, remember. what's that? <laughs> well, exactly. we have, a, this year they've, they've brought these, um, tachos and it's tater tot but it's nachos but instead of the tortilla chips it's tater tots that anything using a tater tot is outstanding yes the tater tot has made a resurgence yes if you can get tater tots at frisch's you get tater tots at sonic i mean there are multiple places you can get tater tots. i think we've talked about this i think it's because you can you cannot get any other uh potato spinoff as crunchy as a tot a tot is crunchy on the outside, a little flaky in the inside, but a fry, you can't do that. But it's an appropriate crunchy. It is. You yes. know, a crunchy fry, that's, again, no. that's that's work that was not done well. Right. A crunchy tot, on the other hand, I mean, that's that's beauty. Yeah. And, and my partner, my teaching partner school, and uh, we get pretty excited on Tacho Day, so hopefully you guys should talk to your, uh, your buildings and see if you can have them bring the tachos in. Tachos, yes. Yeah. But my chip that I would like to suggest would be an egg sandwich with America Whip chip. You lost me already. I, <laughs> I knew okay, the white <laughs> Whip. Yes. Well, here's why. Miracle. Because growing up, egg sandwiches were something that I ate a lot of, and I mean, I, my cousin, I actually, my cousin Jason, 
he had egg sandwiches and he had ketchup on his egg sandwiches all the time. And I always had Mary Quip. And I think we both thought that the other was just the weirdest thing we could ever. So I, to this day, if anyone's eating an egg sandwich and it doesn't have Mary Quip on it, I think they're just, insane. they're insane. So I think that would be a great chip, a little tangy with the Mary Quip, some nice solid, you know, protein with the egg. I think that would be a good combination. So that's what I'm going with for my uh, serious idea for a tasting chip. I think I've got a, a good suggestion for the whimsical or a disgusting chip. Um, I've often made this joke in when I put food combinations together, when I want to demonstrate where something's bad, I have Wally say this. Well, that's going to go over as well as. So here is my suggestion. Chocolate meatloaf, chocolate covered meatloaf. <laughs> So a chocolate-covered meatloaf chip. <laughs> it's jacked. It's jacked chocolate-covered meat no, meatloaf. <laughs> but, yeah, that the chocolate-covered meatloaf potato chips, that is my nomination. I for, like it. i got to be honest with you. That's, I think it's a good idea. Definitely outside the box. Well, do you it's like outside. meatloaf? I love meatloaf. Now, do you like meatloaf packed with oats or bread? I never give it that much thought. I'm a, I'm a bread guy. I, I like it to be a good a good bit of bread stuffed in I, there. I just don't think I would want to see an oat in my um <laughs> in my meatloaf while I was eating oat, it. Oat, oat, oat. 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 <laughs> the, the my mom makes <laughs> Thank you for getting I'm that. Tight, tight mom. <laughs> my mom makes uh she calls them crazy meatloafs. I don't know what their actual name crazy. is. <laughs> she, that's they're offensive. Little, it's mentally disturbed meatloafs. They're little meatloaf uh patties about the size of your your you know a, a deck of cards about the size of a playing card and they're <laughs> that's a good serving I'll, tell you, sir. I'll, I'll tell you off air that is not a pg-13 story so, sorry but anyway and she she packs them heavy with the bread for me when she has i, I, I fully admit i'm spoiled uh I, my mom's food is still my favorite food and uh we i get special meatloafs like Crazy meatloaf, and when she makes macaroni salad, she makes some for me with no onions in it, uh, and things like that. But so I think the meatloaf would be a good chip flavor. I'm not sure about the chocolate covered. Meatloaf. Yeah, because we were going crazy. It was the chocolate, you know, chocolate and meatloaf. I love chocolate. I love meatloaf, but they shouldn't go together. So indeed, Eric, are you taking a pass on the grotesque chip as well? Uh, yeah, I believe I will. You'll th- you'll come to you later. You'll think yeah, it probably will. Right, right <laughs> after we're done. Here, right after. He's gonna wake up in the middle of the night at two a.m. and he'll go. Chlorine and tricks. <laughs> sure. Everything reminds me of something else, but <laughs> what, let me finish with mine. Mine was going to be potted meat and cocktail sauce <laughs> chips. Um, <laughs> and I thought, well, most people are grossed out by a can of potted meat. I happen to love a can of potted meat, but it has to have America with it <laughs> or mustard. But I like a food that you can – Open up, slap the bottom of it. After you get the congealed liquid off of it. You slap the bottom of it, and it comes out in the exact shape as the can. You know what I mean? It's like dog food. It is, but I I love uh, potted meat. But That that sound. It's like this. Hold on. See if I can do it. It sounds like that, and it's a horrible sound. Gut-wrenching sound. Wow. But I hate (laughs) cocktail sauce. So I think the cocktail sauce part. I don't like uh, radish, and that's what gets me with the cocktail sauce. I, I'm not a fan of it. I, if I'm eating shrimp, I'm dipping it in ketchup. I don't. I don't like, you know. So I think mine is potted meat and cocktail sauce. I'm going with that. 
Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> I'm <Wait>. scarred. <laughs> I'm not going to eat for a week. When you said the tricks, though, this did remind me of something pretty pebbles. So last night, um, um, <laughs> I see on Facebook a, a, a link to a cheesecake, a, a, a Fruity Pebble cheesecake. And so I sent it to my my coworker at, at work, and I and I said, this looks delicious. And you know, she texts back, like, that's great. And so I was all excited, and I saved the, the recipe, thinking that maybe someday that I can ask my mom to make, <laughs> to make it for me. And uh, so anyway, Ethan, my son and I, we go to Hopefield to get a – uh, sandwich and I'm there and I'm looking at their cheesecake selection. They have an awesome cheesecake mm-hmm. selection. Wish I could think of the name of the, the, the I would give them a shout out right now. I, I can't think of the name of who, who makes the cheesecake. But anyway, I think you can get them at Terry's too. And they're, they're, they're awesome same, yeah. yeah. So it was the, it was a fruity pebble cheesecake. I just seen it on Facebook. I mean, I, I, yeah. You know how, when you're on, if you're looking at something on the internet and then you get on Facebook and you'll see ads for it and stuff like that, it was kind of the opposite of that. I saw something on Facebook and then I went to the <laughs> store and I saw, so I bought two pieces of it. Uh, Ethan had one, and, and my daughter and I shared the other one. And uh, I gotta say, it's pretty tasty mm-hmm. for stale cereal being stuck to a, a cheesecake. Uh, trying to get a little like mushy. Or... It it hadn't. I'm sure that it would, but it had a the cheesecake texture, and then it had a uh, I don't know what you want to call it, like like an icing texture or something that was like a, a little runnier. Yeah. And that kind of insulated insulated it. everything, and so. You know, while the fruity pebbles were getting a little bit stale, it, it still was tasty. I gotta say. So, shout out to them. There we go. Good idea. I think I'm done talking about food <laughs> for this episode. Moving on, Brady. Okay, I'm gonna hit you with something a little bit old school here. I got angry at a telemarketer from a spam call, and you um, know when you answer those things, they just keep calling. Oh, exactly, exactly. But I got I mean, so aggravated. Don't answer. Exactly. Are you guys getting? Because I'm getting more and more calls that say like potential spam. Potential so, spam. Where, where did that come from? Well, they, they don't want to hurt its self-esteem. Tell them that they're total, but they have the potential to be spam. Gotcha. I'm getting I'm getting spam text too. I got a yeah. text today that said something about your phone needs to be dropped off at something or another. Have you got any of those? Oh yeah, I got one today that said to double check my address information on my Amazon delivery. And I did order something from Amazon, but it looked suspicious. Of course, it was gonna fish my push my um information well, i got one said hey dave here's your gift card click the link <laughs> hey dave okay, since i'm not hey dave yeah the classic <laughs> shout, out, shout out to duke snyder there, there we go <laughs> that was our eighth grade science teacher and told us a dad level joke back in the day then the yeah, punchline was basically definitely would have been a dad joke today. yes <laughs> So anyway, um, what I was talking about, like I got really aggravated and I wanted to hang up the phone with like real angst and force, like back in the old days where you would slam the phone down on the the receiver and and it was just so unsatisfying to poke my finger, you know, at the screen with, uh, with force. So, um, it got me to thinking of what are things that I got to experience as a child that my children and your children won't get to really experience anymore. So besides hanging up on somebody with force, um, I got to thinking about Saturday morning cartoons because my children can have a multitude of cartoons available on, you know, Cartoon Network, Nickelodeon, YouTube, Netflix, Disney. They can watch cartoons anytime they want, but we had to wait until Saturday morning. And not only watch cartoons, the cartoon of their choice on demand. Oh, absolutely. So, I mean, 
you know, if we wanted to say the heck with a Huckleberry Hound, we could go right to what we wanted to the Scooby Doo, but um, but not no no, we had to sit through the Huckleberry Hound. Nice alliteration. Thank you. <laughs> the heck with Huckleberry Hound. <laughs> the heck with Huckleberry Hound. Which, by the way, there's nothing wrong with uh. Which saying all those things together makes me think of the Laugh Olympics. <laughs> the the Scooby Doobies, the Yogi Yahooies. And the Railway Rocks. Yeah. Can you still do your Muttley voice? Nah, I, I lost the, that. Yeah. It, it, when my voice changed, I lost Woody Woodpecker and Muttley. Lost them both. Yeah. But, um, so yeah, Saturday morning cartoons was a big deal. They would roll it out with the preview and tell you the, you know, the newest attractions. And, um, and not to mention the Schoolhouse Rock. I mean, schoolhouse Rock. Um, uh, hey, for real, guys, I, I, I about sent you this link. I, I saw a vintage T-shirt, and it had the little yellow dude, and it just said, I hanker for a hunk of cheese, <laughs> and I wanted one so bad. So uh, look it up, you youngsters. But, um, but yeah, the Saturday morning cartoons is a big deal. The new ones would come out, and I remember being so excited. Um, and this is a real letdown off of the tangent, but uh, I grew up, I learned to read on comic books. I love superhero stuff. I, I learned to read on comic books. And I loved all things superhero growing up. So when I heard that there was going to be this awesome new cartoon called The Blue Falcon, and it looked amazing, but it was so campy and craptastic. Way to go, dog blunder. Dog blunder. <laughs> so uh, I just remember being so let down. I was like, wait a minute, this is a superhero play. Cartoon is not supposed to be funny or whimsical. So, um, but yeah, uh, what, so did you, do you, Todd, did you experience the Saturday morning cartoons? Yeah, I, I remember it. Um, I, oddly enough though, I don't remember any, I don't remember any titles. I don't remember any, like, you know, I remember getting up. I remember being excited. I remember watching, I just don't remember any of the titles. They all kind of run together in my head. Uh, some of the ones you guys are talking about, I don't, I don't remember. See, and I, I think we were at the end of the golden age of the Saturday I think morning. we were. I, I remember... Smurfs, obviously. Right. Um, shirt to the tails. I remember shirt tails. Yeah. I remember uh, Masters of the Universe and He Man. See, that was a that was a weekday cartoon. Yeah, that, See, that's that was I, mean. I don't know. Day. I don't know what when these came on. I just remember them. But I, I think one of the things that I think I can run with with what you're saying is not only the idea of kids can watch cartoons at any time, any cartoon that they want almost anything, you know, Brady, I know you're a big wrestling fan and, and oh, yeah. while I'm not as big a wrestling fan now as I once was, you know, I know there are still pay-per-views and there are still, but it seems like wrestling, some sort of wrestling is on every night now. And, and you can, and it's true. if not, you, it's at your fingertips to find it. I'm sure there's a streaming wrestling network. I don't know, but oh, yeah. sure. yes. you know, and, and I remember when we were younger, you know, you had to waiting for those was kind of like what I remember waiting for cartoons, waiting for the, uh, was it a Friday night, uh, which one? Saturday night main event. Saturday night main event. Yes. Um, like that's what I was actually getting reference. So I like sat through about two and a half, three hours of cartoons. But then at um, and I believe it was it was an odd time for some reason. It's sticking out as ten thirty a.m. Mid Atlantic Wrestling. I thought it was eleven. Um, eleven o'clock on Channel Five. Eleven o'clock on Channel Five because then right afterwards, this week in baseball. That's what I'm on. Yeah, I remember that this kind week of in stuff. baseball. Being excited about that. And we would catch, you know, we would catch Mid Atlantic Wrestling, and then, man, when I got cable, and it's 6.05 on Saturdays on WTBS, it was two hours of it, and then I would rush home from church, 
And if I was lucky, Channel 64, I could get world-class wrestling out of Dallas. And, um, and it was a big deal. The antenna was just the right way. But, um, but that anticipation of having to wait for it, and I do want to say in third grade, because of a school levy and a blizzard, um, we had to go Saturdays for like that was awful. eternity. It seemed like, but I had to miss wrestling. And I never did get to see how the angle finished up when Roddy Piper sicked Abdullah the Butcher on Wahoo McDaniel <laughs> and chopped him up with a uh, ice pick. And I never got to see how that angle played out until. Talking Rowdy Roddy Piper, right? The Rowdy one, that, not okay, the Supreme Roddy Piper. <laughs> And um, but I finally watched that clip on YouTube. I was like, I wonder if that's on there because it was so shocking because they had blurred the screen out because of the gore. And uh, you know, I fanboyed out like it was still as shocking to me a couple weeks ago. Did, did you ever, you know, the anticipation all week for Saturday night's main event and uh, get really excited about it, and get pumped up, and get your whatever your snack and your you know you had your PJs on ready. You, know, you had to put those on before right. came on. And then you're in front of the TV, you're waiting and waiting, and you realize it was Friday night instead of Saturday night. Did you ever do that? I, I did not do that. Yeah, I remember that would be devastating. Oh, it was. I, my cousin Jason and I, I remember at least once uh, we were so – I don't know why we thought it was Saturday night. I mean – Had you been to school that day? Probably. <laughs> you know, we were so – I mean, I don't know. Maybe it, was, maybe it was in the summer. I don't remember. But I remember just in front of the TV and thinking, I don't know what came on instead and what would have been on – Friday night videos. Johnny Carson, probably. Was Friday night videos. Friday night Friday night. So that comes on, I think, is what it was. I'm like, what is this? Where, where are the wrestlers? And uh, I remember thinking, oh, and then I asked my mom, and she's like, oh, it's Friday night, not Saturday night. So, oh, what a buzzkill. Yeah, it was. So you're asking about, are there things that our kids will never get to experience mm-hmm. that we got to experience? I'm going to give you one. And I, I doubt, I'm actually, I'm pretty sure you two never even experienced it. My... My house in Sardinia was so old school when I was growing up. We had a party line. Oh, my. Uh, I've heard of those. I never experienced it. So on any particular occasion, for those of you who don't know what a party line is, you may pick up the phone, which in our case was a a wired phone into the wall or in the kitchen it was on the wall pick up the phone and someone may be having a conversation on because we shared a line with the people across the street. So you had to wait for them to get done before you could call. Interesting. So yeah, we, we I, were so antiquated there in the middle of Sardinia in the 1980s. We had a party line. I can see that, uh, you know, I can see that being entertaining, but also frightening, yeah, you know, extremely frightening. Yes. It's hard to tell what you would pick up in here. So or more so what somebody privacy. else is picking up on you. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't, it seems like I remember people talking about party lines, but I never really understood. I mean, because it sounds so positive. Hey, party line, it sounds like something you pay for. <laughs> hey, party line, um, so I <laughs> guess. 99 cents a minute. Yeah, I, I guess I thought maybe that uh, party lines were a, a good thing. I mean, I, now I can see the, you know, the dilemma there. Oh, and, I'm, and I'm not sure when that went away. I, I can't remember exactly, but maybe my early teenage years. I mean, it was. Most oh wow! Yeah, it was. It I was thought you were gonna say like early, early childhood. Yeah. No, wow. I uh, I think that something that it this is kind of a category of things that that our kids will never be able to experience, and, and there are a couple of things that I'm thinking of. One of them being you know obviously cassette tapes, and the idea of putting the little piece of tape over top of the uh, the squares right. on the top of it so you could record. Right. Things and just recording. I, I can remember recording just whatever Q102, whatever it was, right. just recording. Making your own mixtapes. Mixtapes. Oh, yes. That's what I was going to say. Mixtapes 
uh, how pathetic were we making mixtapes? Uh, you know, I, well, I, I mean, it wasn't pathetic. I mean, that's what you did. I'm pretty that's sure. Very identity forming. I'm pretty sure I made my wife, my current wife. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. <laughs> your, I'm, your current wife. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. The other one. I'm pretty sure I made her. I, I think they were still around then. I mean, they still would have still been around mid nineties. Cause I think, uh, my friend Alicia, uh, helped me make a mixtape. I'm pretty heavy with some, uh, Voice to man, I think. This will be a great uh, segue into the third topic. <laughs> yes, it will. And I remember making them and, and, and thinking, you know, if this doesn't win her back or over whatever I was trying to do, then nothing will because this is the best mixtape you could possibly have. Right. And it must have worked swimming. Well, it, it, it didn't at the time. <laughs> but looking back, I'm thinking, how pathetic did the females probably think that we were? I mean, it's not like we were we were writing songs for them or <laughs> singing songs for them or you know you know You're the one a, I think naming a star you. after them. And we we were just simply recording. You know, did did we put talking in the middle of them? Like, hey baby, I think, this, I think this one right here is what do a little DJ is, work on your how, next This is how I'm feeling right now. You know. Exactly. <laughs> The sun's gonna get you down by the fire. Once again, little Isaac Hayes. <laughs> Seasons in the abyss by Slayer, baby. <laughs> but but at that, and then that takes me to boomboxes. Um, right. You know, the, the kind of perch on your shoulder. Yes, right? and and <laughs> Brady is doing his uh, say anything. John say Cusack. Anything, yes. John Cusack. Yes. Uh, but because I, I remember, you know, this would have been even up to eighth grade, maybe a uh, particular uh, class, which would have been nineteen nineteen ninety. Ninety-nine, ninety-one, and same student who uh, who did the my pizzas having babies, so you all have to wait before I give out my pizza, was known for having the biggest boom boxes. Do <laughs> <laughs> you like that pause? <laughs> A pregnant pause. <laughs> pause yeah. No, uh, the, my wife always says that I I do that all the time. That pause for dramatic effect, and it's I, it's really not. It's just I can't really think about what I'm going to say next. Uh, but anyway. Uh, he always was known for having the biggest boombox. And I remember uh, he had this boombox. It was the end of the year. And we were, so we were doing our what, like outside days. It was just, we spent the day outside, you know, right. down over the hill. And uh, teaching was done for the year. Yes, it was. And he would carry this thing around on his shoulder and go from place to place in the playground. And this thing was huge, probably, I don't know, four feet long, two and a half, three feet tall. Had, had three tape decks had, in it. Yes, it had like circular, circular lights that would you know, move, like fake <laughs> fake lights and strobes and stuff on it. And, um, you know, I remember, and I'm thinking our kids will never experience that. I mean, now they have, you know, wireless earbuds in and, and their phone mm-hmm. is playing their music. And uh, so anyway, that's that's what I think of when I think of things that I got to experience. And, and back to the phone thing, you know, I can remember we talked on the phone a lot yeah. And, oh, yeah. and that doesn't happen much anymore. I mean, obviously I myself don't like to talk on the phone. So, you know, I can remember having conversations with people, uh, girlfriends or whatever for hours, you know, and, and now if you ask me to talk to somebody and, and I talk a lot, I like to talk, but if you ask me to talk for hours on the phone now, it would be like torture. Yes. Yeah. Actually, I think that was one of the biggest, you know, biggest moments where I got in a little bit of trouble was um, the long phone conversations. Phone bills? Pardon me? Did you have phone bill, big phone bills? Oh, big phone bill. Yeah. Um, I'd met a girl from Louisville 
Kentucky and on vacation in Florida. Well, there's another one. Our kids will never experience big phone bills. Yes. Oh, yeah. Things unlimited now. now. Don't tell me you got troubles until you have to go empty out your savings account from when you were a newborn baby to pay a phone bill. Oh, man. That yeah. would be rough. Oh, yeah. My mom works me up to do that. Yeah. I mean, that was only, I mean, it wasn't much money, but it, the phone bill was probably a few hundred bucks. I mean, so in 1989 and 1990, where that was. Uh, yeah. This would have been 19, um, 88, 89. And um, I had about a two and a half hour conversation with this girl from Louisville and even uh, got up the courage and the permission to go down and visit. And uh, those phone conversations didn't uh, meet up with the reality because when I got down there, I had the pleasure of hanging out with her and her boyfriend. So, uh, yeah, that was that, that was a big shock there. I still haven't got over that the story for another time. But, um, Do you remember the, the, the... It haunts me to this day. It haunts me to this day. Do you remember the absolute hell that you went through calling a girl... And having to ask if she was there, like when her dad answered the phone. Like, I feel like that's something that, again, kids won't experience anymore. You right. know, like, because you, you text. You text and, and directly you, to the person. Directly to the person. And I mean, I mean, I can remember practicing and mustering up, you know, so is so and so there. And then, like, and still, just with that frog with oh, yeah. in the throat. And, Mr. So and so, I would like to talk to your daughter. Mr. So and so, I would like to talk to your daughter. You call up, it's like, I want to make up with the daughter. Oh, sorry. <laughs> exactly. And I never once, it was always worse than the, 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 the anticipation was worse than that. I never once had a dad yell at me or, you know, can't talk to her or hang up and, you know, but I always felt like it would happen. And usually the bigger the dad, the more, you know, scared I was, but I, I kind of feel bad for my kids that they won't get to experience that fear of. I'm sure they don't feel bad that they don't have to, because I know, I mean, my daughter in eighth grade is like, she texts. Uh, boys from like you know five or six different schools and like uh kind of plays in a really deep pool like and yeah, there's like, there's no gatekeeper is yes, like and that's what i was gonna say I mean, fear do you two as girl dads i mean are you are you kind of sad in a way that you won't get to intimidate a boy as much as well i i think that we talked about this earlier actually on a side conversation about just the lack of uh, fear, maybe not the right word. Just you know, I, I don't. I don't know that. I mean, I'm not an imposing guy. I'm not a very big guy. I don't think that I'm going to intimidate a lot of you know teenage boys anyway. Um, but it would sure be fun to try. You know, to try. Yeah. And, I, and I think I'm going to miss out an opportunity. It, it's funny you mention that because we were just talking through uh, when we came home from school today. Our daughter was like, so and so. She's been talking about this boy the last couple of days, and she said, so and so asked me out and so we're going out now of course we gave the whole you know where are you going you know like we're not going anywhere we're just going out and so my wife was like you mean you're going together and she's like no we, i mean we're going out and, and so then i'm like you say you guys are going together she's like what does that mean but yes apparently you don't ask, apparently you don't ask someone now will you go with me like i'm assuming you guys that we did when we were younger you know will you go with me yes no or maybe, maybe. and then they circle the or yeah yes or no but which took us back to another uh, conversation about uh, when Riley was, uh, I don't know, I'm guessing kindergarten, first grade. She came home from school one day, super excited. And uh, she, she's getting, she's like, I got to go pick out some clothes. I got to get ready. Uh, uh, Frank is coming over tonight. And so we're like, okay, who's Frank? And she said, Frank is my boyfriend at school. And so we're like, well, 
Frank's not going to be coming over tonight. Sorry, I'm disappointed. She's like, no, I got it. So she goes in that evening and gets dressed up, is you know, gets her best clothes on, and is seriously sitting there waiting for Frank to come. And she told me that Frank was going to be riding his motorcycle over to pick her up, and that she told Frank that you know, her dad is mean and would be there. And Frank said, I don't care. I'll take care of your dad. And so like, I'm getting threatened by a kindergarten or first grade boy. Uh, it, so I'm like, well, all right, Frank, let's see what you got. Come on over. So I waited for Frank. He never showed up. Uh, but so we still kind of tease Riley about, I'll say, Hey, Riley, have you talked to Frank lately? Is Frank coming over? I don't know if Frank was real or not, but so it was just, it was cute and almost a little bit heartbreaking to see her go get dressed up and and no one should waiting for what's, Frank to show up. And what's going to be heartbreaking is when you're 89 years old and in a hospital bed <laughs> and all of a sudden the curtain's going to go back. I am Frank. <laughs> I've arrived. It's been many a year. Many I'll a season. take care of you. <laughs> Break the bedpan every I head. don't mean to be frank with you, but <laughs> you're surely done. you can't be serious. Don't call me sure. Uh, anything else on that topic? Oh, I guess the last thing, I mean, and this doesn't need much comment, but uh, pick up wiffle ball in the story. Nobody does that anymore. I guess they do basketball a little bit. I mean, most sports, I mean, there's adults, and I'll I'll just make this statement. Adults have ruined the ability. Well, yeah, most, most everything. But specifically, I mean, kids don't do anything like that on their own anymore. And a lot of it was... You know, when you did things like that, when you got the wiffle ball games together or, or whatever, you learned conflict resolution at that point because you had conflict. People got into yeah. arguments or whatever, and you worked through it. And you moved on, but you know now it's like there's a lawsuit. Well, yeah, and I mean, I don't. If your childhood is not consistent at least once, getting the side of your the skin on the side of your face ripped off. From a wiffle ball line drive back at you on a cool summer night, you you, you know the feeling. Oh, I mean, yeah. and then oh, yeah. but then also but the wiffle ball has to be taped. Taped up. up. Well, you say, well, you you tape the wiffle ball and you tape the back, and at least the sweet spot of the back. Okay. Yeah. But I felt protected because I would always wear my batting helmet that I won at the Brown County Fair. <laughs> um, you know, for the, the pitching game was it the, the pitching game? Yeah, or the pop the balloon, and I would have one for as many teams as possible. And, uh, See, all I ever got with the pop the balloon game was like an inappropriate mirror with like uh, <laughs> bikini-clad women in the back well, of a pickup Well, nobody told me that those poison mir- mirror. <laughs> yeah, well, I had a Toto mirror and a Journey mirror that I'd won in seventh grade, sixth grade. You know, nobody told me until years later that those mirrors were actually what you were supposed to, uh, to use my terminology, cut some toot on. <laughs> Some nose candy. <laughs> you can tell that we're children of the 80s because... <laughs> Get that Toto mirror out here. It's going to yeah. make you do the, the, the cocaine. <laughs> Journey escape. Yeah, I I don't remember. I, I, wiffle ball was a big part of my child. And I think, you know, I can remember playing on softball teams with you, Eric. And uh, mm-hmm. I think I remember at least once getting rained out and uh, us just going to an empty field and having a wiffle ball game, yeah. you know? Yeah. And the, the, interestingly enough, I remember many a nights with uh, my cousin, Ricky, one-on-one wiffle ball. Like, you have yeah. to be pretty creative and, and have, uh, you know, good imagination to play one-on-one baseball. And you, where you put the lawn chair behind home plate and that's a strike. Well, and you have ghost men on every, right. you know, every, right. and. It's a lot of paranormal activity. <laughs> yes. But I can't imagine too many kids doing that now. And, and right. honestly, I couldn't argue with them. 
if like this is stupid, why are we going to play one on one base? But I mean, it's sad, but also, okay, common sense doesn't have to come in this. We weren't thinking, we were just having and, fun. Yeah, having fun. Yeah, it was wasting our time. Yes. Good topic. Yes, very good. Thank you. Very good, Brayden. All right, so mine, as we round out, uh, this is uh, a, a discussion about a list. And I came across this list, the 50 best breakup songs. And I, I'm only going to go over the top 10 here because some of these in my mind are out of order because I thought they would be much higher on the list. Um now, obviously, you get these lists nowadays, and they have, like, a newer bend to them. So some of these older songs maybe finish a little lower, and I don't know who created this list. But uh, here they are, top ten. You starting at ten, or I'm one? starting at ten. Uh, number ten, I Will Survive by Gloria Gaynor. I gotcha. Yeah, more warm than hour. Uh, number nine, Ain't No Sunshine, Bill Withers, which I didn't know was a breakup which song. Which is gone. Well, that makes okay, sense. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I got it. I just never thought of it as that. Yeah. Yeah. But I guess the lyrics pretty much yeah. spell that Lamentations. out. Well, I, I think that maybe, and we, maybe we'll determine this after the top ten list, a, a good breakup song could mean different things to different people. Yeah. You take a, you take I Will Survive, and that has brought on a whole new life for all kinds all of right. things. You know, you know, cancer survivors and, and you know. It's power. Yeah, it's, it's a power thing. It's more of a get up, get yourself up and shake yourself well, up. Well, and, and this article, that's the first thing it goes into. What what makes a good breakup song? You know, is there empowerment to it? Is there, um, yeah, and am I am I angry? Am I yearning for this person who's no longer there? And you guys couldn't possibly see Brady's middle finger right there. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just to point that out. <laughs> um, so, yeah, what it's in the eye of the beholder, I guess. But yeah. uh, anyway, yep. Number eight, Someone Like You by Adele, a newer um, choice there. Number seven, I Want You Back by the Jackson Five. Again, I, I guess, again, a breakup song, but, yeah. It's uh, a pining woman. It, it, it is, it is. Uh, number six, Since You've Been Gone, Kelly Clarkson. Oh, that's I good. like Kelly Clarkson. Yeah. My but, opinion, again, that's kind of an upbeat. You know, yeah. In my opinion, the, the best singer ever on American Idol. Yeah, agreed. The most talented. Now, here was one that was a surprise to me as a breakup song, quote-unquote. Number five, Miss Jackson by Outkast. Hmm. I didn't mean to make your daughter cry, Miss Jackson. Yeah, okay. I got it. I did talking to the mother. Yeah. Okay. Number four, which I thought would be much higher, I Will Always Love You by Whitney Houston or Dolly Parton. Dolly Parton, which yes. I would say Dolly Parton, but uh, probably Whitney Houston's was much more popular, I guess, probably even chart-wise. Which actually I read once that it was Kevin Costner's idea for them, for Whitney to sing that, for, to cover that song for that. Well, that would be a soundtrack. lucrative uh, choice for Whitney there, I believe. Yes. Number three, I Can't Make You Love Me by Bonnie Raitt. I don't know if I'm familiar. I, Bonnie Raitt is one of those um, performers that I I've certainly seen. I mean, I know she usually. I mean, I, I think she's a you know, decent guitar player. She makes Grammy the, award winning. Grammy award winning, but I don't know that I can name you. What was her big hit? Like, uh, let's give yeah, us something, something to, to talk, talk about. about. Okay. Yeah. Which I can't think of that without Step thinking. Step Brothers. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. All together now. <laughs> 
Uh, number two, you ought to know by Alanis Morissette. Good That's song. pretty intense breakup mm-hmm. song there. Now, number one, which, again, I this one I really don't think of as a breakup song, and I even finishing number one, I just can't understand it. Even if I did think of it as a breakup song, Purple Rain. It's an emotional song. Yeah. Um, I don't know that I'm, I don't know that, um, I think I'm guilty of not listening to the lyrics in that song very closely, because I don't know that I can name you any lyric other than Purple Rain. Right. So I, it, it very well, if I were to read the lyrics in front of me, it may be very clear to me that it's a breakup song, but I'm not thinking of it as a breakup song. Well, but when you have the song with the same name as the movie, in my mind, it, you know, becomes intertwined with what the movie was about, which, as I remember, seeing it in the Lake Drive-In in Mount Orb in 1984. With my where, horrified mother. Exactly. You know, we we end up there in Linda Liming. My mother. Yeah, Brady's mother. Very quickly becomes, <laughs> she's probably going through her mind as a parent thinking, should I just start the car and drive away? Or <laughs> should I sit here and watch this awful stuff with my son, my son and his friend? Or? You know, speaking of... Things that kids won't experience anymore. I mean, I heard growing up numerous times, hide your eyes, cover your eyes. I mean, right. it seemed like whenever we watched a movie, there was somebody's hand always just ready to you know, swiftly, you know, <laughs> cover your cover eyes. Cover my eyes. You. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. seem like that happens much anymore. Right. I can't um, think about Purple Rain. Like, you know, everybody kind of knows the refrain in the chorus, but I never can do it without the echo. You know, that I never been to call, call you, you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> I can't do it without doing that. The the one that I'm trying to think of breakup songs that would have been on any mixtapes that I <laughs> that I I'm sure I'm sure Boys and Men had some. Again, a great segue into this. Yes. Topic. Yeah. So what what did you put I, on Celia's? I can't remember. Mixtape. I'm trying to remember. May, she might know. She might tell me when I get after she may still have. She I, yeah. Um, it probably has. Tape over top of the squares in the top. She probably recorded over. Yeah, but <laughs> made a mixtape for her boyfriend. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but, you know, I, I I would like to suggest that we maybe um, bring this topic back at another episode once that we can kind of done some research and you know you said yeah. that that was a top fifty list. Yeah, I would kind of like to know the other forty songs on the list. Uh, I do have to ask, is Ugly Kid Joe's I Hate Everything About You on there? Uh, I'm, I'm kind of scrolling through the list. I haven't come across you, and I'm, I'm to 35. I don't know that that's a breakup song as much as just a... Angsty. Yeah. I have a quick, funny story about that. When I was a senior in high school, um, two of my, you know, I consider friends. We had a little rough patch back in high school. We didn't always get along, but we've been, we were friends after that, and we've been friends since, you know, distant friends. But uh, these, they were the girls, and they called me, and... Every time I would answer the phone, they would just play that song. So it was no, there were no hellos, no, you know, announcing who it was. It was just a hello. That's pretty, and, that's pretty cold. Yeah, yeah. So I and and you know I gotta gotta give it up for them. That was a pretty was a pretty fun thing to do. Yeah. Looking back on it, but so but we it wasn't a breakup thing. It was just a hey I hate you type thing. So. I think Chicago in the eighties was good for a breakup song. I think they had a couple. Hard habit to break. Yeah. Hard for me to say I'm sorry. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. That's got to be on the list. Um, we've actually, talked. Actually, it's not really. Eric, I know you and I have talked about this. There's a song that was a kind of a one-hit wonder that I always thought was the most uh, gut-wrenchingly uh, tortured 
kind of break up longing song. When where I'm, are you now? Oh, wait, yeah. I'm not, I was thinking when I'm with you. Baby. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. yeah. The, I, um, I, you, may, you remember driving to the door stand in, in the most won't talk to me. off-tune voices we could where we got the windows of the car rolled down. Baby. Baby. Yeah. I did you with you. I, uh, I think <laughs> what has to be on the list is uh, – don't know what you got till it's gone. Oh, uh, yeah. That was our homecoming theme. Mm-hmm. Great song. It was. Kind of a dark homecoming theme song, though, to think about it. So, in scrolling through that list, I mean, there's a lot of newer songs on it, which, yeah. uh, again, I would put in some of these songs we just mentioned as being much more breakup. And- so, if you've, if you've listened along on this episode, and um, you can think of some great breakup songs, you know. Post them on our Facebook page. Shoot us a message. Um, you know, I'm sure you can, you can leave a voice message on our Anchor.fm. Yes, that's right. Cool. Yeah. And, and gentlemen, I think these were some pretty engaging topics tonight. Absolutely. I hope you enjoyed it. Um. Hey, and something else, if you don't mind your comments, you, you know, if you don't mind posting in your comments, I just had a great idea hit me. Um, Todd, can you tell me one more time how you described the banana thing? It was, uh, the, um, are you talking about the, 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 the banana guy. meat snakes? Yes. Thank you. I think that you need to let us know because I think to support our podcast, we need to make banana meat snake t-shirts <laughs> and, um, then we know who our true fans are. And I think a banana meat snake t-shirt is in the future. I like that. I, uh, yeah. So do we. We can talk design later, and I yeah, know, we'll talk I know, design. I know some people that can help us out with that. But um, if you are an artist and you would maybe like to submit a design for design the banana meat snake, yeah, and make it PG thirteen, please. Uh, yes. it, it must be uh, relatively coming, coming out of a narrow <laughs> milk straw. Yes. <laughs> not, not in, in the sardine element. Not too wide of a milk straw. With with, with a little red headed boy. That's right. So, uh, <laughs> but but pushing the straw and the banana meat snake coming out the end. Yeah, I think that's a great idea. I think so too. Yes, and the the shirt has to be yellowish, or at least the like, writing. Well, I I mean I'm thinking like uh, I'm thinking of the picture. Of, what would you call the inside of a banana? What color? I I don't beige. Really. <laughs> It's, it's not white. It's not white. Off white. It's, it's off white. Um, eggshell? Taupe. <laughs> taupe. It's taupe. I'm not brown. I'm Bert Sienna. <laughs> Sorry, my elf impersonation wasn't great. But yeah, so if you can come up with that t-shirt uh, idea for us, a banana meat snake. Um, that sounds terrifying. I mean, to be honest, if I, you got to watch out for those banana meat snakes out in the field, guys. I mean, it's something yeah. you should warn your kids about. Enter the lexicon with the uh, Loch Ness monster and and Nettie and <laughs> yeah, all these other the banana meat, the banana meat snake and the chupacabra. Beware the banana meat snake and Mothra. <laughs> <Mothman. laughs> oh my! Well, I think uh, we've done enough damage here, right? I think so. All right. So, uh, again, real quick, if you want to leave us some comments, uh, first of all, we our Facebook page, Play It By Ear Podcast. Search that out on Facebook. You'll find our page. On Twitter, we are at Play It By Ear Pod. 
number two, all one word. And finally, our host site, anchor.fm backslash play it by ear podcast. So uh, all three of those, you can uh, uh, leave us some comments or actually some voice messages on the anchor site. And uh, we do want to give a shout out when you uh, started our podcast and here in a moment when you end our podcast, you will hear the dulcet tones of one Matt Vaughn who did our voiceovers for our intro and outro. So shout out to him. Uh, his band now is uh, Timestamp. Uh, very, very good band. Go check them out. And also we plan on having guests eventually once we yeah. kind of get our wits about us and we, you know, we hone our skills a little bit. Uh, our ears wet. <laughs> we would like to, uh, to get Matt on. And I think uh, just the sound of his smooth voice. We'll he has a much better voice than any of us by a yeah. thousand times. We'll be worth checking in. So, so, yeah. Thank you, Matt, for helping us out there. So I'll, I'll tell everyone what I said about him in the in the text. He sent a, a clip of him doing our intro. And I said, well, uh, he sounds like the guy that used to uh, narrate the film strips in elementary school. <laughs> which, oh, is, which is a compliment, Matt. I mean, that's a, yeah. that, that, is a, that is a very heartfelt compliment, Matt, really. <laughs> But anyway, thank you for that. Uh, appreciate it as uh, as that work you did. I know you're somewhat of a perfectionist. I know he the first take. I, I would have taken the first take, but I think he's trying to perfect it a little bit right now. But you'll hear it uh, when we post the podcast. So with that, until next time. All right, join us next time for our next episode of the Play It By Ear podcast. Peace. Good night.